Jack can do. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Jack? Jack? Jack Daniels. Oh, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Jack off. Jack. I would not. Why do you always get so crass? We go with the lowest I common the denominator. Look, I'm the cleanest person on this I'm podcast. talking about Jack Daniels. What is that, no. a whiskey? And you're saying Howdy, Jack. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And wait, wait, wait. this is Anti-Wave. Ow! Oh, yeah. Okay, now I feel better. A podcast. Wait, yes, it is. All about the little <laughs> films that are one giant leap for Moonkind. Come on. <laughs> okay. You can't say it's not relevant. Yeah, but is it good? <laughs> That's a whole right, different like, question. Well, uh, One can say that about the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so you're supposed to say that's good. Oh, that's real good, Robert, because the movie we're doing this week is... Apollo, Apollo 10 and a half. 10 and a half. And isn't there a subtitle and, on this? It's like Yes, a, there is. What is it? Very good, yeah. It's got a colon. A space-age childhood. Oh, we're watching a colon movie. It's a colon movie, yeah. Hey, it's a fractional... I have to have another colonoscopy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Look, this has got a colon, just like you, and a, a fraction, fra- a fraction, and a plus. There's a lot of weird punctuation. You know, the plus is weird because it's not on IMDb, but it is on Wikipedia. Oh, really? I think it has to do with that weird character digital oh, ones and zeros. One of those? Okay. Yeah. Right. Normally, it does not have a plus, but I know it printed with Wikipedia weird. with a plus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the top five we're doing this week now. Our word choice is not perfect, but we know what we mean. Kids POV. Kids POV. Their perspective of a major event. Is that fair to say? Yeah. How they interpret. Well, does it have to be a major event? You're right. Because it can just be. Any occurrence. Yeah, something. Any happening. Right. And it's how they interpret it through their eyes. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Woo. (sighs) Which was, I spent a lot of time on this top five. I think too much time, but I don't want to let down you or our listeners. But it was uh, tricky. Was it cathartic? It was, tri- it was a tricky process, and I'm still going to play with my top five when we get there. Oh, I'm so gonna, you I am. Even well, I have like yet. seven, and I'm still juggling. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And our top five last week. Oh, you know what? I love our listeners. Oh. Fat movies. Fat movies. And, and here we go. Okay. First of all, one of our favorite regular listeners said, did either of you mention Monty Python's Meaning of Life? Now, I mentioned there was a Monty Python movie about that thing getting fatter and fatter and eventually explodes. So he wanted to include that, was that from... in the top. It was a Monty Python okay. movie. It's been a while since I've seen The Meaning of Life. It, that's what it was, The Meaning of Life. Oh, okay. Oh, you knew that. Yeah, okay. You said that. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then he, then he does quotes. He said, just a mini, sir. It's wafer thin. I guess that's a line of dialogue with it explode. Okay, now our- there's a way to say a Monty Python line, and you just did it. Oh, just a mini. Sir. I just say it like yeah. that's how they would speak. Yeah, wafer thin. thin. Now, I think our our esoteric listener, she's got a thing with you. You know that? Uh oh. She's she said I'm not even going to complain about me? the scoops. You're the no, one that calls you. her esoteric each week. Well, I know that. She said, "Is that a compliment?" I said, "Uh, yeah, sure it is." <laughs> You know, she listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Precious. Remember that movie a couple years yes, ago? Of course. Yeah, and that would definitely be a fat movie. The Nutty Professor. Okay. I'm surprised we didn't think of that. I'm not familiar with City Island. Are you? No. A guy has a fat girl fetish. That's interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Fat girl fetish. The Tao of Steve. The Tao of Steve, yeah. And also she mentioned a movie I never heard of called Disfigured. I haven't seen Disfigured. Disfigured. So there we go. The Tao of Steve is, uh, you know what that's about? No, it's, I don't. He's, like a, he's a fat guy, but he keeps like getting all the ladies. Anyway, it, it's a good like little independent movie with, uh, oh, what's his name? 
Oh, I can't remember the guy, the actor's name. You, you'd recognize him if you saw him. So that was he, like his big breakout role. And he's fat, but he keeps on scoring with women. Yeah, he's like kind of he like this is his whole philosophy of life. Right. Yeah, right. It was like a big Sundance darling. Mm, a Sundance darling. Yeah. One of our other listeners wrote, he's being funny here. My kids would say any video I'm in is a fat movie. Bastards. Uh, <laughs> That's what he wrote. All right. Uh, one of our, our favorite listeners, of course, she said, this topic gives me anxiety. I should say that she's very thin, this particular listener. Uh-huh. And she said, I won't be seeing this movie. But she mentioned Shallow Hal, my big fat Greek wedding. I'm not sure if it's a fat movie, but the word fat is in the title. And the wedding was a big mm-hmm. fat to do. And she mentioned the movie Seven. And I said, and I, I spoke with her. I said, well, and she says, Gluttony. Gluttony was yeah, one. Oh, okay. okay. All, right. All, right. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Other... It was really only at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, about the the, the seven, right, right, yeah. no, gluttony. Uh, our other listener said, as always, thank you for sharing your and Robert's podcast. I always learn something new about the creative process of filmmaking. I had a little trouble thinking of this week's top five, so I have three. Number one, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I had that. Shallow Howl, we had that. And then she said, Garfield as a lasagna-loving cat himself. Meow. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a fat, Garfield was a fat cat. Yeah, he's. Known for being a fat cat. Yeah, so there you go. Now, we know this next person, Robert, and he said, and you know him, he said, how has Tommy Boy not been named yet? Tommy Boy. Big guy in a little jacket. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Hairspray, Angus. I'm not familiar with the movie Angus. I said Angus. Oh, did that you? Was on my, I think it was number oh, one. Oh, I, I didn't know that. I didn't. I don't listen to you. Oh, that's true. I need to listen to you. you don't so listen. I, I looked into that, and she's right. Run, fat boy, run. I. That was like uh, number you, two wait, last wait, week. Precious, supersize me. That was my number three last week. <laughs> You're fucking with me now. Uh, Br- but here's a good one. She said, Bridget Jones Diary. That yeah. was my number four. No, it was... <laughs> You know, I used to be naive. Seven years ago, I would have bought into what you're saying, but now I've become more cold and callous. This, did you say seven years or seven episodes? Yeah, or how about seven days ago? <laughs> um, fat movies, again, anything with Steven Seagal after the age 50. That's, yeah, funny. that's funny. All right. And there we have it. We thank our listeners. Nice. Yeah. Hey, man, Good. you want to talk about Apollo 10 and a half? And Robert, talk us through it. Okay, Apollo 10 and a half is a... The recent effort by Richard Linklater, mm-hmm. and if you are not familiar with Linklater, um, the name, he has done all sorts of films that have um, have been critical successes and also uh, some commercial successes, but you, they've impacted society in a, in a bunch of different ways, probably most notably with... Um, I should pull up his uh, his IMDb. What's the uh, what's the big Days and Confused? Thank you. I couldn't think of the movie. Um, but he, you know, he's done a Scanner Darkly. He did uh, Waking Life. Those were famously rotoscoped, rotoscoped films, and that's what this film is as well. So he's filmed the movie and then rotoscoped it into animation. And he's known in his films for being very kind of meandering is that fair to say like it's it's a lot of walk and talks he did the before sunrise before sunset before midnight trilogy which we talked about fairly recently um and it's a lot of talking it's a lot of just kind of exploring personalities and time periods and uh and this is fitting right in with his work like this is a this is an a a great effort for Linklater. if you like Linklater films this is a a great treat for you if you don't like his style of filmmaking well well i don't said. think you're going to enjoy this yeah. movie yeah um this movie centers on kind of a loose narrative thread about a kid who is tapped by nasa to be put into 
this space they've they've accidentally messed some math up and made a lunar module at half size so they need a kid to go to to the moon which is a ridiculous premise but to be fair that only takes up five minutes of the movie most of the movie is really an exploration of the 1960s yes in particular 1969 yes and the movie was not what i thought it would be it was and different. It's a kind of exactly what I thought it would be. Did you think the bulk of it was going to be a nostalgic yeah. late 60s? Yeah. I, I thought there would be I more time on. I heard something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't. We twist your mic towards oh. your. Yeah. Just twist it. Oh, there how's you. that? Yeah. That's better. Mm. Um, yeah. I I did. I, I'd kind of been forewarned a little bit, but I also know that that's Linklater's style as to meander. Now, there's some movies that he's done that he doesn't do that. School of Rock, for example, is a very straightforward narrative. Uh, with no, he, dir- he yeah direct that. yeah yeah, and you're right. That's a Hollywood movie. Yeah, yeah, and just very straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also don't think that that's a. It's not a typical Linklater film, Absolutely. which is why I you didn't even just, know he directed. Yeah, yeah that's why you my just reaction. said he yeah. directed yeah. that. So he's capable. He reminds me of Soderbergh. Same kind of thing. Very experimental, trying some different stuff. Hot hits and misses. Hits and misses, and. But one thing you can't say is that his movies aren't interesting because even when they're failures, you can see what he's trying to do, and you might say it's interesting, but I'm not interested in it. You know, like this is um, for somebody else. This is not for me. Um, and so I'm I'm very interested in Linklater. He's trying to push the the artistic boundary of what can be done, and uh, yeah, I, th- I thought this movie was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing 1969. I felt like he did an incredible job of covering even some of the subtleties of what it was yes. like. I mean, he down to like, here are the board games that we played. Here's all the television shows that we yes. watched. Yes. But there was one moment in, in the movie that really cemented for me that this was... I mean, I, I'm assuming this is semi-autobiographical because it sure felt like it was incredibly accurate. But he mentions that while they're landing on the moon, he says it's lost to time now. But at the time, there was a lot of discussion about how much money was being spent on right. sending someone to the moon right. and what we could be doing with that money instead. What a cool little element to throw in in this movie that's essentially celebrating this incredible achievement about going to the moon. It's very honest. It's very. It wasn't afraid to acknowledge the other side. Right. That's where you're going. Even even with the civil rights movement. Yeah. Uh, even with Vietnam. Right. So it wasn't all beautiful and nostalgic of late. It, it mentioned real things that were going on. Well, I feel that, like uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that sorry because I'm still going to do it. I know. American History X, for example. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's. It's an anti-racist movie, ultimately, but it depicts a white supremacist. And it does an incredibly good job of articulating his viewpoints accurately. You know, I I think I mentioned to you, we've talked about this before, in the scene where uh, Elliot Gould comes over for dinner. And they have this whole discussion about the Rodney King riots. Uh, You know, the... The skinhead, uh, played by Edward Norton, he makes some really good points. He's making legitimate, valid points. And... yes. That's not commonly done, right? Where you're right. saying, "Wait, here's this really despicable character, yes, horrible behavior," and we're going to listen to him, yeah. and he's going to make sense and actually he, track. Yes, that's a nuanced uh, approach, and I think that's also done here with a lot of the, you know, even 
it becomes obvious as you're watching the movie that this story about the kid flying up into space is really more of like a dream, right? And it's kind of maybe the dream that he had the night that um, because okay, a big part of the, a part of the movie is that he the day that they land on the moon, the kid in the story goes to Astro World. Right. And so he's all he's playing at all the theme parks and everything. And he winds up getting tuckered out by the time he comes home to watch them actually step off the lunar module and onto the moon. He may have been awake or he may have fallen asleep. And it's not quite. It but it doesn't been... matter because in the kid's reality, he had already done it. Right. He had been, been there, done that. But I, th I think <laughs> if we are to look at this as as an auto semi autobiographical film. Yeah. It may be that Link Ladder is saying I didn't actually watch. Right. Because right. the mom even says when she puts him down, like you know how memory goes. Over yes. time, he'll yes. he'll have said that he remembered it, and probably he's saying, "I think I was asleep," and yeah. maybe that whole part about being ten and a half was part of a dream of like, yeah, I felt like I was there with them, and this it, it was a kind of an existential, uh, you know, a connection to what was going on right. with right. The, the astronaut. I want to talk time. about memories also, yeah. but we okay. Well, first of all. Usually at this point, after you give a brief scenario, so what'd you think? And Robert, <laughs> you didn't do that. You launched in and you didn't say to your buddy, your podcast partner, what did what you are think? Your oh, I don't know. Robert, I've been, waiting, I've been waiting to say this to okay. I fucking loved this movie. Yeah. It's, I, I, I'm tempted to say it's the best movie of the year. However, we're only a few weeks into this year. It was last year. But I want to, yes, it was, it was last year. But it's one of the, I fell in love with a movie. I, I was swept away. I almost cried. I, no, you're, stop. Look, I feel like you're looking at my, I want to say something to you. On our last podcast, when we did uh, The Whale, yeah. you got very emotional yeah. and virtually cried, and especially with the climax of the film. Yeah. That line, we're kicking up some dust. Yeah. That line does it for me. Now, this is more about me and my recollection, more than that's one small step for man, one job. That was that He was told there was right, a committee. Right, and by right. the way, this is getting very trivial, but I want to say this to you. The line was originally supposed to be that's one small step for oh, a man, man when, which makes sense, he the juxtaposition of a man and mankind. He left out the word a. Yeah. You can I, hear, because there's the pause yes, after he says yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. It's like he realizes, do yes. fuck, Neil, and you I'm just wondering, and the line. When I watched it, the sub, and it, they left out the word A in this film. That, yeah. That's how we remember it. And that was, you know, there was a committee that told him what to say, yeah. but there's something about, for me, we're kicking up some dust now. That means the LEM, Lunar Exploratory Module, is a few feet off the lunar landscape. Right. It's kicking up dust. When I heard that, when it first happened, I got emotional chills wow. like I did last night watching the film more than one small step for man, one giant leap for man. We're kicking up some dust now. Oh, but what, and I let me emphasize what you just said. You just you defined what the lem was. Yeah. That really is a testament to how uh, space crazed everyone was in the yes. 1960s. Yes. You don't know all this shit about like, you know, uh, you would not normally know all this stuff about science. And, I know. But and space exploration. But it it's fascinating. 60s. And it, yes. and that's what everyone was doing. And in the I 60s. was such a fan of the Mercury flights, sure. the Gemini sure. flights with the two people in the capsule. I remember when the oxygen fire killed Cus Grissom. I was going to the bakery and I was running errands for my mom. And when it came on the news, I pulled over. I pulled over and just listened to the radio in the car about that fire that killed the three astronauts. Robert, and part of this too, and I'm really glad you love the film. I was hoping that you would. 
I remember being in middle school when Alan Shepard didn't orbit, but he arched. He went up and came down, but he didn't orbit the Earth. They wheeled, and this was, in the, they wheeled a TV set into our science room, and we all watched Shepard arcing, going up and down. What about the kids who don't have science that period? I think most, t- that's a good question. Do they have TV? I, I would like every to think classroom? there were, t- well, they wheeled it in on a cart. They wheeled it in a cart, and I was fortunate that we saw it happen live with Alan Shepard. That was so emotional. And, of course, with, with, uh, with uh, what's his name, with the, um, on Freedom 7, John Glenn. Yeah. When that crew guy who opened up the hatch said, Godspeed, yeah. John Glenn. And that, too, became a signature of the whole race for space thing. But there's something the, about... I, it would have been so cool to know the feeling like we're getting close. Guys, it's going to happen. Like, we're getting closer and closer. To the launch, idea. and I watch the launch, but there's something about kicking up some dust. <sighs> the The LEM was hovering, man. It was a few feet yeah. off. It didn't, just before touchdown. But that just gave me chills, and it gave me chills last night when I mm. watched a cart, an animation. By the way, I'm off on a quick Ira tangent. This has been controversial about should this be nominated for an Oscar for animation? Do you know about this? No. Because it was rotoscope and a lot of it was filmed live but then went through the rotoscope process. Should this film be eligible for an Oscar for animation? Well, let me say this. If yes. it's not, then I think you got to take out every single digitally animated film That's, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is that more animation right, than right, this? Right, this is right, right. Different form. I loved this movie. Yeah, I, I fell too. in love with the movie. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, what's really interesting too? What's the story of the film? Well, I can't wait to talk about when we talk about is it anti-wave and the, what is the story? And I don't think there, there is a story. Are there three acts? No, no, no. Definitely. You could almost say there are two acts, but. Maybe we should save some of this when we talk about is it anti-wave because it's also non-linear. Right. It is non-linear. We're all of a sudden we're back on the kid in the cow. It yeah. the way it's put together. It's, the way very it's fractional. Y- it's yes. Like, it's all these different segments yeah. and jumping around and. But the t- you were alluded to this earlier the 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 texturing of details. Yeah. The texturing of details evoked. A lot of memories for me, and I'm sure for you too. Even the reference to Tang. Yeah. You remember that? The astronauts yeah. drank Tang, and that was part of their ad campaign for Tang. The astronauts drink it. And when they say, hey, when you get back, we'll have a vodka, I'd rather have a Tang. <laughs> Acknowledging these tiny little details. Yeah. And I just smiled. I I grinned during this film for an hour and a half. What's also really interesting, uh, you know, not to keep sucking Linklater's dick, but I'm going to do it anyway. You have to be, I think, an incredibly skilled filmmaker in order to pull this film off because most people, I think they would linger too long on certain areas. He did a really good job of saying, um, you know, here's some of the games that we played. We we made up our own baseball game and here's kind of how it worked. I'm going to show it to you for, uh, you know, a minute, maybe a minute and a half and that's it. That, and then we're going to move on to a different idea. And then you're going to get 30 seconds of that. And then 20 seconds of this. And 90 seconds of the next concept. And and all these little segments. But yet he somehow finds a way to connect all of them. This I, idea I don't see how. It was like little fraction pieces. Right. But it flowed. That's yes, what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. It flowed. And, and I, I don't, don't intellectually most, understand why it flowed. I don't either. But it did. But it did. I mean, this idea where he was talking. He shows them driving down the road singing uh boy named sue yes like 
That's how crazy. Real. Yeah, it's to get so, that in that detail. Yeah, and that was a big song that year. Sure, and getting that in and, and everything the reference and, to the monkeys and squealing when they had to bleep the word. You yeah, know, was, oh, yes, wow. yes, you know, and they all knew the word. Everyone was enjoying singing yeah. that song. When when he our hero was talking to his buddy at the school something about two thousand and one space odyssey and this monolith and then he becomes bored again he's a little baby going back to and the schoolyard kid just walks away <laughs> he wa- I laughed out loud the kid was like what the fuck he just walked away well I thought uh, the the moment where I was fell in love with this movie is towards the beginning when he's like my mom was perpetually getting a graduate school or a graduate degree and they go to the college and like is that a hippie like yes that's a hippie yes is that a hippie uh, no uh, that's not a hippie. he has bell bottoms uh, bell bo- oh. and, and then mom locks uh, the car door yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's like yes, yes. lock the door because she doesn't yeah. want to be around those hippies yeah 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 that's so funny so textured with yeah. details of the late 60s but you know what it is too it was also textured with details of personalities i mean he has all these brothers and sisters and yeah i don't know that i could distinguish each one of them but they did seem to have their own kind of personality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your mom and dad the, and the sister next, the next door neighbor had a yeah. personality yes yes and and so it wasn't detailed in the way that um you know, it wasn't physical details. It was these characteristic details, very much like a, I mean, a classic Tarantino movie. I think Tarantino did that very well, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, where you have these unique personalities that are really fleshed out and you really get to understand these characters. And I felt like here, I got to understand the characters. Yeah, I didn't do a deep dive on each one of his five brothers and sisters, but I got it. I got yeah. that there was an older brother who kind of picked on him and... But loved him, and the same with the sister, sister. who yep. gives him ice cream. You know, like, hey, we're we're part of a family, right? I'm going to give you a hard time, yeah. but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you some free ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And like you alluded to earlier, too, it did touch on this whole. No- we talked about memories before. Are they accurate? Right. I'm sort of obsessed with that. Oh, I am. Well, I, I think that's a, accurate. A subplot of this whole podcast. I mean, You're that's, right. We've that's talk- been yes a through line yes for yeah. many many episodes. Yes, our memories accurate. And so, as far as in this particular film, either a the kid really did go to the moon. That, right. That's one. Or b maybe that's his recollection. Uh, maybe uh, obviously it's an ex- it's a metaphor yeah and it's on so many different layers but it's it's more like a fable you can make an argument for any of that well i think that's and, also i mean what link is doing is he's using the film medium and he's able to jump forward and backward in time and use these little snippets so fast i mean even imagine this as a stage play it wouldn't work it, it would be like uh, you're right all right come on let's get on with yeah, the story yeah. but instead we're really you know, he's able to show us snippets. There was animation that had the film, like, uh, lines and specs on it for, as if it was something from the 1960s. You know what I'm talking about? The scratches yes. and everything yes. in the film? Yes. And the animation yes. had that. Yes. And yes. I'm going, okay, yes. this is really this is really good and he did uh, he did a slightly different type of animation for some of the flashbacks uh, or not flashback but the uh, the newsreel footage the commercials yes at the time yes like Ron- Walter it was a, Cronkite yeah showing on TV and it had that vintage feel but there was even a commercial they or something included, they showed yes, they where someone I can't remember what it was they were showing something and I went that's a slightly different animation and then they showed like they they cut to modern day and I'm like oh this is much cleaner yes and, and more yes vivid picture yeah but even look how uh, walter cronkite and that was really quite a moment and it, i love the way it said um 
uh, CBS simulation. It had that at the bottom of the screen. And it did say that in the late 60s when they showed the moon landing with Walter Cronkite. It was, there were so many, again, we keep talking about the texture, but I just, I, I fell in love with the movie. I actually fell in love with the film. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that I saw it. Sorry, we have babies going in the background. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, well, yeah. Um, 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 what else was I going to say? Anyway, okay, yeah, 2001. Sneaking into the drive-in theater, that whole thing with Astro World, and they explained that so clearly, like the suburbs in Texas, but next to it, were not far from the Kennedy Space Center, which used to be called Cape Canaveral. And the father had kind of a, he was not an important, I don't know what yeah, he did. Yeah. It was like it a number cruncher, papers. but yeah. the whole, it was so perfectly constructed that way. Yeah, and, and the fact that he's a little bit ashamed of him. And a little like bit. But that was, it's so real. It's so natural. Yes. There were one more detail when they're watching TV and I think the mother gets up from the couch and the two kids run to take her spot on the couch. Yeah. That's so real yeah. when families would watch TV yeah. that they both lunge for that where mom used to, where sat a moment ago. Right. It's still they're, warm from the body. Yes. Things like that. Yes. Yeah. The texture and the details of this film was just, a, but one more thing, the music Yes. The, I want to talk about... How did they clear the, the rights? Just, you're reading my mind. How did they get... The, by the way, he really liked the Tijuana Brass. <laughs> he liked... There was quite a few times that Tijuana Brass was in there again. I, I wonder if he tried to get the music to Rocket Man. I wonder, Elton John, and also the other one was like Major Tom, ground yeah. controlled. Yeah. I bet. I wonder if they tried to get that. But how did they get the rights to this really cool late 60s music? A lot of music? TV themes and yes. things like that. Yeah. That whole sequence where they were showing all the different TV shows and the TVs were just filling up the screen and these were all classic shows. Yep. Uh, yep. It was such a cool little moment. You know, I thought that maybe I was going to relate to the movie more than you because I'm a little bit older than you, mm-hmm. but not not the case. Not the case. Well, it's a really well done movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, it's it's a great film. But I lived through that late 60s stuff, you know, because I was 20 years old. Sure. And in that sense, I thought I, my memory... Would, but you. But I do think that there's something that's universal about a lot yes, of that stuff. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I, we weren't running, we weren't riding our bikes after the the DDT mosquito uh, trucks or whatever. Like that was an awful, awful. I'm like, oh my gosh, that yeah. seems horrible. Yeah. But we definitely did stuff that nowadays you look back and go, oh, we we that was really idiotic for us yeah. to have done. Like yeah. Somebody could have really gotten hurt or killed, and we did it. You know, and yeah, yeah. I, I with a with an Astro World on that tracks going through the mountain, you know, a la the Matterhorn bobsleds, right, kind of. Right. And it, there's the the monster abdominal snowman yeah. taking a break, smoking a cigarette. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then the kid yells out, "Fake!" You know, yeah. as they were textured. And he goes, Rawr! Yeah, yeah. And then he did the, he did a courtesy, Rawr! like, "Shut up, kid." Rawr! It was so textured. Yeah. It was it was a wonderful movie. I would say this movie is beautiful. Yeah, it really is. It's a gift. I was a little, I was a little worried because you didn't say anything. You sometimes tip your hand. A I little made bit. a concerted effort. I made a concerted effort to not do that this time. Good. Yeah, definitely. In the past, I would send you a text saying, "Can't wait. I think I'm falling in love with this." I didn't do that this time. Yep. Consciously, I made that decision. Yep. What's your money uh, shot? Ah, money shots. Well, you know. There are little tiny gems that we've already talked about. The, our hero talking about Space Odyssey. I just howled at that. The mom taking up the couch, running to it. But there's something about, again, mentioned earlier, we're kicking up some dust. And 
that just gave me goosebumps when it actually happened in the late 60s. And it also gave me goosebumps last night watching the film. That's a money shot for me. Um, and you? I think my money shot, uh, it's so much of it is going to be... I think this is a movie that I'm going to remember a lot. Yeah. You know, in much the same way that Ford v. Ferrari, I think we've talked about that yeah. as a, a very sticky movie. Like yeah. you, I could still kind of walk you through major sequences in that movie. And this is a movie that I'm going to understand there's not a strong narrative. Um, I, I think the image of all those televisions kind of flashing up to the screen with all the different themes, and that's going to be memorable to me. I, I, there's just like the kids riding their bikes it's just all these little moments that you there are shots that were really cool and just beautiful but they it wasn't so much the sh the composition of the shot it was really just kind of um i don't know the pastiche of the of 1969 yeah. right it yeah. it just the vivid colors and the, the rotoscope animation i it's it really all worked can i let me ask you a question would this have worked if it wasn't rotoscope, oh. yes, but not nearly as well. It's weird to say it that. Just, like I feel like it almost it it shouldn't be, but yet I, if it wasn't, I don't think I would like it as much. I agree. Yeah, it would work, but not nearly as well. There's something just, dreamy about it, just it. Felt right. Yeah, it felt right. Yeah, you know, Jack Black did the the voiceover. Oh, oh yeah. Us, yeah, yeah, he was great. He was good, but he, he, here's what I don't like. I, Jack Black has a way of talking that's kind of like the, it's like almost like a radio announcer. Yeah, and I don't like it. And I like when he just kind of calms down and just talks normally. And he was doing a little bit of he, the he Jack Black thing bit. at the beginning. Yes, but then and then he got into just normal. And right. when he was just talking normal, I loved it. I right. was like, great, this right. is cool. Right, right. I mean, I don't hate Jack Black. I just hate when he overdoes it. When he I really like School of Rock oh, a lot. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah. And he was overdoing it because the character, it was right, appropriate. Right. But most of the time, I'm like, just stop, Jack. Like, you're... Jack Black it was being Jack Black. Yeah, it's right. too much. Right, too right. Much. But then as the movie went on, he got back... He, he brought it down a few notches and started to interpret the words on a better level. Because right. I feel like it's not about Jack Black. Yeah. Why am I, yeah. why am I thinking of Jack Black right now? Yeah. I shouldn't be. I should be thinking about Apollo Ten and a Half. It's about the collective. I mean, and that's what a metaphor for the whole movie, right? It shouldn't even really be about Neil Armstrong. I was saying this to Joanna when we were watching it. I said, Can, "You really have to appreciate, like, what happened by putting someone on the moon. It's bigger than America, and there had to have been Russian people who were like, well, humanity did this.' Yeah, you know, yeah. like even Russia played a part in all of this. Yeah." It's fucking incredible. Yeah. You know, like, if for nothing else, just to be the challenger, to to threaten and, and to push. Well, when they did Sputnik. Right. When they did Sputnik, that created the space race. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know, it's, we as humans have accomplished something that is worth the amount of money that was spent on it. It's incredible being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Anyway, I there's just there's a million there, shots so that are all flashing know, to my mind, the, and they're uh, all of equal value. Yeah. So I I don't have a clear money shot, but I think I'll remember the colors and and just 
you know, the, the mom locking the door. There's all these just yeah. little tiny moments that are going to stick with me. They they showed us the Life magazine cover with the uh, Apollo astronauts. Yeah. All, and I remember that Life magazine. And I remember staring at it. I actually, with my fingers, I remember just touching it and looking at the faces that three of these people are going to go. With one moon. hand? Because <laughs> the other hand was on your deck? I didn't going to say that. See, there you go again. Why are you so crass? I'm not crass. Here, I am showing this Look, emotional side of Ira, and you go right in the gutter. Right in the gutter. You're the one that's jerking off. All right. I fantasize about jerking off over Neil Armstrong's face. You okay? fantasize about jerking off? Well, all right. Did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 You want to talk about kicking up some dust? <laughs> not almost work. Not quite. Um, yeah. The Life magazine cover. Yeah. And just the, with the, there were like 12, and three of those were going to be selected on Apollo 11. This was a gem of a movie. I fell in love with the film. Yeah. Me too. Is it anti-wave? I have, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Number one, rotoscope. Yeah. Which suggests not. Number two, two three acts? No. 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 It no. was like a, a stream of consciousness flow. Right. And number three, um, a non-linear. Yeah. It was non-linear. Well, it, I'll ask questions that you typically ask. Does the yeah. protagonist get what he wants? I'm not sure. It's like, does well, what does he even really want? I don't, I, I don't know if he does, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just kind of grows up, right? Yeah, this yeah. is all just kind of here stuff that yeah. happened. It wasn't like there was some sort of big quest, because this is not a conventional narrative. Yeah, yeah. So I would say no. The, he doesn't get what he wants, because I'm not sure he, he didn't really want wants it. He didn't want, yeah. Which is also bizarre. Anti-wave. Right, that's anti-wave. Yeah. Main character doesn't want anything. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting too, Robert. I read some reviews after I formulated my own opinions, mm -hmm. and they said some people said it's a coming of age. I'm like, no, it's not. It's really yeah. not a yeah, coming. Not a coming I, of age. I get that. It's not because at first coming of no, no, it's not that. It's something else. It really is. It's a kid's POV. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's really it what really it is. really is. I have a feeling. Is this going to be on your time? You know what? I was tempted to. Did you include this movie in your life? Did you? Yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah. We tried not to do that, but sometimes we sometimes. do. You have to. Yeah. You had to. Yeah. yeah. Let me change my list. <laughs> I love this film. Yeah. Me too. Um, go check it out. It's a great film. It's on streaming on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. It's. Um, this is underrated. Agreed. Yeah. I, I didn't hear about that until you sent me that video showing yeah. one of the top yeah. 20 films of the year. And. Uh, it appealed to me. Yeah. Otherwise, I would not have known about this movie. Same. All right. What'd you see this week? Ah, some are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. Here are the two movies. I, I love my two titles, both one word, Wicked and Tempted. <laughs> <laughs> now, Wicked, I spoke about a few weeks ago because I finally finished it the other night. And uh, a very young Julia Stiles, I barely recognized her. The movie is 1998. So look at that, like, you know, 24 years ago. And also Michael Parks, who did Then Came Bronson, mm. a TV series. It's a big twist at the end about who killed the dead mother. And it was um, horrible. And there's a reason why who it's killed, got... 20. Who killed mom? Well, it's not who we think it is. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Julia Stiles. It's the kid's sister. Oh. Whoa! Hey, there's a reason why Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 20%. And the other movie, Tempted which was Burt Reynolds, 2001, film noir. Mm -hmm. And here too, he's a very wealthy businessman and he doesn't trust his wife and he's going out of town and he pays a dude to try to seduce his wife to see if his wife is faithful. Ah, yeah, that's, it's fucked that's, up. 
that sounds like a not a, that sounds like something that a wife would do to the husband. Yes. Any rate, it's a bad movie, and um, that's what I saw. I have you have. I hope you have, your list has more merit. I'm not sure that it does. Ah. I watched Pretty in Pink. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, I watched Pretty in Pink. I haven't seen was... that in a long time. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's not bad. That was an important film when it came out. You know. It was. You know what it's missing? It's missing Anthony Michael Hall. And oh, he's not in that. Film. He's not in that movie. And I, they had offered the part of Ducky, which went to John Cryer. Right. To Anthony Michael Hall, but he right. turned it down. He's like, I, I'm just getting, I'm playing the same role huh. over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah. But damn, he was good at it. And apparently, like, uh, uh, what's his name? John um, Hughes. John Hughes just cast Molly Ringwald and was like, okay, she had asked him to write a movie called Pretty in Pink because she liked the song called Pretty in Pink. And so he did. He wrote this movie and kind of let her do what she wanted and was. Like she had a say in the casting and things like that. Really? Yeah. And uh, like, but they got into a fight at a certain point, and then he stopped working with her after that. Wow. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it was. Why his would film she have a ultimately. say in casting? She didn't produce it. She no, was, but she was she very was so involved. Young. She was very involved. Okay. She didn't have the say in casting, but right. she had a say. Right. Feedback. But apparently, too. Uh, John Cryer, everybody hated him. Um, he was really annoying and just very, uh, okay, a little bit of John Cryer goes a long way. Yeah. And so, you know, I think there was a, there was kind of, he was just annoying character, like annoying actor at the time. And so I think everyone was just very like, ugh, get over him. Anyway, I uh, watched it. It was good. It was decent. Um, I saw 1932. The Most Dangerous Game. Mm. Have you ever seen that movie? I still get confused with that title. I'm not, what, what's the one sentence premise? What, what, a bunch of people who end up on an island yes. are hunted. They're hunted. Yeah. There's right. a guy who lives right. there. That's Count right. Zaldorf, Zordorf, and he hunts everyone. He releases them and hunts them down, and that's the most right. dangerous. So like, yeah, in sport. his cabin, does he have like animal heads mounted he on the wall? And yeah, he basically has like a room yeah, that yeah, has like yeah. all these, the dead people that he's yeah. captured. And he, what he does is he, when he, he has set the island up so that ships crash there. And when people are crashed, he brings them to the castle and he pretends to take care of them. And then he will bring them down to this dungeon room and show them all the dead people to prove He's not full of shit. Like, don't laugh at me as if I'm not serious. And then he lets them loose and gives them like a half day head start. And then he hunts them down. And how was it? Uh, it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, there were some cool parts. It was a 1932 movie. So yeah. I don't know. That's good. The last thing I want to mention I watched Road Warrior this week. <laughs> with, but, wait, wait. With which daughter? With Madeline, my oldest. She asked to watch it. I'm telling she. What the hell are you she doing? She asks this yeah. to watch the movie. Why are you rolling your eyes? This she asked kid. to watch it. No. She, this movie. Look, I'm telling you. I watched the movie with the kid. She, the entire time, did not stop asking questions. The entire movie. She was going, what's he doing? Why are they doing that? What's, is he a bad guy? That's a bad guy, isn't it? And she was constantly asking questions. She's trying to understand all the motivation. Shouldn't she be watching a Little Mermaid? She doesn't like that stuff. <laughs> I know. 
I mean, she she likes action movies. Yeah. She likes superheroes. Yeah. She doesn't she yeah. doesn't like. I mean, she'll be a princess every once in a while, but she's far more likely to be a superhero or a detective or something like that. She wants that kind of stuff. She's a tomboy. She asks to see. Rotary. She asks. She says, "Play the gla- gasoline movie." The All gasoline right. movie. I'm not gonna say no. I mean, no, no, movie, we know that. So. Yeah, I'll, if you want to watch it, I'll, I'll watch it with you. So we watched it. It's it's interesting to me. I, I said it before. I think she likes the movie because it doesn't have words in it. I mean, there's only a few lines yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But she understands it now. She's like, oh, that's the truck that he saw earlier. She gets it. It's cool, man. Wow. Father-daughter bonding. Yeah. Yep. She could tell you what the whole movie's I'm about. I'm sure. She's not even four. She's still three. Yeah. I mean, it's. I want you to know that's not a movie that I would choose for her. For her, yeah. But I wouldn't choose. Right. Right. Well. Hmm. Oh. I. Well, I mean, she. she it's not me that chooses, right? Yeah. She oh, I chooses. see. What you, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. She chooses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But did she chooses. She. Have, choose. she cho- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing right now. I get it that she chooses. It's good that you allow her to choose. That makes her feel valuable, worthwhile. We all need to choose. But you know what, Robert? Yeah? It's actually time for another segment Whoa. in the news. Is this? <laughs> Sorry. Right. You had to hit me over there. I, sh- I could have done John Hughes. Uh, John, that's good. That's what I should have done. Yep. Hey, three things real fast. First yeah. of all, I still can't get over what happened with Batgirl. I know we talked about this a couple of months ago. Yeah. The movie's done. It's not being released. They're not releasing it. They will. And well, um, and the argument was that it would hurt the DC franchise, that it's just a bad girl. Now, on the other side, the counter argument is there was some major restructuring in the studio. <laughs> and because of the ad department and paying all the, the expenses for an elaborate campaign, they feel mm, it doesn't behoove us to release the film. This which is a nice will euphemism. eventually see the light of it. And day. it will probably make more money if we could. Oh, it probably whatever. will. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you've already got a, a bunch of people talking. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batgirl. Anyway, here's something I, 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 I want to hear your opinion on this. Yeah, we know about the Razzie Awards. Yeah. All right. Do you know what happened? They With, rescinded the the. You do know about, about that? The little yes. Yeah. A twelve. Now I I'm on the fence on this one. I can't wait to hear your opinion. Twelve years old. Evidently, there was a remake of Firestarter, mm-hmm. and she stars in the movie. And I guess she was bad. She was nominated for worst performance, and she's twelve years old. There was an uproar. Oh, people say, you can't do that, man. She's 12 years old. Razzie did Cave, and they removed her name. Uh, and I have mixed I'm feelings tra- yeah, about I this. Yeah, I do too. Because on one hand... By the way, I'm interrupting you for one yeah. second. They adjusted their criteria. Now it says that you must be at least 18 to be nominated for Razzie Award. Okay, okay go. I I get that. I, I think maybe it's this a little a little harsh to nominate a 12-year-old. It's like, look, these are kids. Like, let's, let's Dude, not. I'm, so, you know what, the Robert I know and love. I actually thought maybe you'd go the other way. I can appreciate saying, "Hey, suck old, it up." You started in a film. Yeah, you were mediocre at best. Deal with it. But <sighs> they're still kids. You know, there's. Do you feel different because you've got a few daughters? No. Okay. No. All right. No, I, I would say this five years yeah, ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we got to have some decorum, right? There's. There's got to be some limit. It's okay. 
it's like having sex. Like, is having sex with a 17-year-old, 364-day-old girl or guy, I guess, worse than having sex with the same person a day later who's now 18? It's a weird analogy, but go for well, it. Well, what I'm yeah, saying is I know, I know. we have drawn this line in the sand. Right. Right? Well, 364, 17, 364 days. Come on. Same same person. Same thing. Same yeah. Everything's basically the same. So is a 17-year-old the right. same so as an 18-year-old? So 17 or 18. That's a different. Uh, it's basically the same. 16. There's a gray no. area right. there. There's so a gray area. There's a range but of. But this is 12. Right. Now we're starting to get into, would you be okay with an 18 year old having sex with a 12 year old i would hope not i would hope that we would all say that's not appropriate right this is beyond the realm of what is acceptable 12 right. is too young i mean the poor and, girl and this is the problem with all like pedophilia they they advocate you know oh well we're attracted to uh you know eight year old and that's just my attraction okay then get the fuck out of here right there's got to be some sort of line of where we as a society say it's too young. And I think when we're, this is a harsh thing, right? This is a very public shaming of sorts. P uh, playful shaming. Right. But that playfulness is I a know. little nuanced. I know, I know. I, know. Yeah. I think it's best to keep kids out of that. Can you imagine the poor kid, 12 years old, knowing that she was nominated? And it was a big brouhaha, so right. they yanked it away. Like, well, I mean, they just did it. Yeah, I mean, I know. Now I even know. more attention's called to it. That's, yes, it's probably going to affect her, but I think she'll probably recover. I think she will too. By the way, you can imagine Drew Barrymore, who starred in the original Firestarter. Yeah, and she was. Oh, you can imagine she was livid. Yeah, livid that that they nominated her. <laughs> they nominated the girl. That they nominated the girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She was livid at the Razzie, and she was glad that they rescinded. Okay. That right. Right. Because she's like, no. I have the record. Yeah, she'd go the other way and say, it's me, damn it. I was the original fire starter. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Hey, one other thing. But, hold on, hold what, on. What, what, I, yeah. I do want to say. Yeah. Because they didn't, uh, and they did cave before with the whole um, uh, Bruce Willis thing where they gave him a oh, Razzie last year. Right. Like, worst Bruce Willis movie. And then they realized that yes, he, you're he's dying. Right. And you're they're right. like. Okay. Hey, they're doing what like the Oscar no, Academy does. And they here's came. what I'm saying. I would say I don't think it's the same as the Oscars. I actually think this is in good taste. Right. It's right. Look, this should be fun. This should be playfully teasing, but not mean. Yeah. And we are we're picking on some people that like. It's not like they, if if they started doing it because oh black people are you know. Uh, it's we got to be culturally sensitive. Then I would say you're like the Oscars. Right. Age is a little different. Right. On your deathbed with a, with an illness, that's a little different, man. Like, and if you can't see that, if you can't see that those are different exceptions, I don't know. You, yeah. You've got a, a problems in the society. Agreed. We have Agreed. to have some respect for some Agreed. extremes, and I think that that's that's what they're. Yeah. Doing. I don't think it's the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. By the way, again, I love that piece of trivia that with uh, the director of Showgirls, you know mm -hmm. where I'm going, yeah. was the first director. And his, his agent yeah. said, you don't need to go. And he said, I want to go. Was it Harlan? Was that who it was? What's his name? He did really good movies. Remy did... Harlan, wasn't it? No. No, it was not. Uh, real fast, if you can get that. Yeah, I'll get it. So just while you're doing that, I'll say that his agent urged him not to go. And he said, if they're going to talk about my movie, make fun of it. I want to be at that dinner. Paul Verhoeven. That's it. Paul yeah. Verhoeven. Who did some really nice work in other movies. But... Um, 
you know, take a look at the things he directed. Real impressive stuff. Um, at any rate, so yes, good. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing, my friend, is please take a look at the sheet uh, that I've got for you, Oscar oh. noms. Oh yeah. Do take a look, and I think we need to acknowledge. I still say, Robert. Okay. That being anti-wave, the way we are, if you want to ignore the Academy Awards this year and not discuss it, or maybe we should. But take a look. You know, the things that stand out for me. I just handed Robert a list of all the nominations yeah. for all twenty-two categories. I'm glad to see Top Gun Maverick was nominated for Best Picture. Well, I think there's definitely a, a push for Best Picture to g- include a lot more of the the big box office movies. Because they used to have that other event that right. was short-lived for most popular. Which it should be this. I think yeah. this is far yeah. more reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of movies in here that probably don't belong. But here's something else that I want to mention. Yes. Um, I think part of it might be we're still dealing with the effects of COVID. And so a lot of these movies I've not even heard of. Not I haven't seen, but I don't even know what they are. Like, uh, you know, I just recently saw a billboard for women talking. and, and You did. Yeah, and then saw a, a little thing about that. But Triangle of Sadness, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. You know, I think I've I've kind of heard of most of the other. The, oh, the Banshees of Insurance? Yeah. I don't know anything about that movie. How about you? Tar? No, I don't know. I know Tar, Tar was the Kate Blanchett movie. Where yeah, she's did you the... see it? No. Uh-uh. There are so many movies here I'm not familiar with. That's what's happening for me. You know, I'm, I'm oh, not. You missed another big Razzie story, Ira. Oh. You know, Anna de Armas was nominated for both, both, both an Oscar yeah, yes. and a Razzie for yes. the same performance. <laughs> not yes. I mean, I should have mentioned that Halle Berry. I think it was Halle Berry was nominated the same year for Catwoman for two and, different movies. I think it was right? Catwoman and, and Monsters Ball. Or yes, something like for that? two different films. Right, but here it added the same, the same film, the same performance. Wow, what does that say? I hope she what wins is that? both. I hope God, she that'd be wins great if she wins both. both. That would, that be, would be that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, I do want to say too that uh, by the way, I was glad to see Jamie Lee Curtis nominated for supporting actress. That was a ballsy performance. Yeah, that was just. All out ballsy. Um, Avatar, obviously, for visual effects. And you know what I think? Tell me. I think of all the movies that are on here, the one that I really hope wins Best Picture. Yeah. What do you think is going to, what do you think, what do you hope will win Best Picture? I have not seen most of these movies. I, I, I haven't seen all. Any of these movies? Yeah, you have. What? Well, I saw half of Elvis. I haven't. The, you I didn't see Fable. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, I know. That's the only one. Um, you didn't watch Top Gun Maverick? No. Oh no, you, you liked it. I did like it. it was I good. know. Yeah, it was really. Good. Yeah, the only thing. Triangles, women well, talk. I what actually, you, I, I hope no everything, film. everywhere, all at once wins. I think of these movies. Really? I think it's it's the perfect blend of commercial success. And also artistic expression. And to me, that's I think that's the kind of film that should be winning. It's something that does that. Something that is unique, interesting, kind of weird, but... Kind of weird. But also appealing to at a mass level. Wow. It won't happen. Brandon, I, I don't know. No. Yeah, I didn't appreciate the movie as much as you did. Frasier will win for The Whale. Yeah. For actor. That's so I think funny. I think it's probably Cape um, Blanchett's to lose for best mm-hmm. actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Michelle Yeoh might win. I think there's a big push there too. 
let me show, by the way, again, they're calling international films. That used to be called foreign film. They changed that, of course. Um, yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front is a clear winner there. Yeah. It's great. It's really good. You know, for cinematography, I know I talk a lot about uh, Roger Deakins. That's yeah. on the second page. Yeah. And I'm, I've never heard Empire of Light. Are you familiar with that movie? No. I'm not either, but he was nominated. You know, he's. I've he's, also been in Triplet World for yeah, very, I know, very long. I know. Yeah, so. um, he's he's won two Oscars. He might get a third Oscar. That'd be crazy. Did, wasn't it? He didn't get one yes. until like 1917, yes. and now he's getting all of the the Oscars. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Yes, Isn't that right. Yeah, and the first time he's been nominated so many times, right? And he finally won for uh, the sequel, well, Blade Runner. Which oh, we was saw that the together. one that he won for? Yeah, he won You're for right. that, You're and right. people thought. Should that be what he wins for? And he did. And then, of course, for uh, 1917, yeah. he won his second Oscar. So he didn't win. He was always nominated. For the, and I have friends in England who were teasing me on uh, saying, will you finally give an Oscar to our cinematographer? And, well, he might win three. That would really be something. Um, I'm not familiar with Empire of Light. Hey, you know there's an animated short called My Year of Dicks. Did you know that? No, I did yeah, not know Yeah, my year this. of dick. So what, what are they going to say? I, I hope it wins. I just hope it wins. Um, you're familiar, of course, with Marcel, yeah, the, the shell with shoes on. We talked about that. Yeah. I guess Pinocchio. So I guess best animated feature is not going to have Apollo 10 and a half. I mean, it doesn't look like it's not. And how about that? I think Pinocchio is going to win yeah. anyway. I yeah, think I do too. Them. Hey, I want to mention a couple quick snubs, if yeah. I may. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Viola Davis, people thought she'd be nominated uh, for the Woman King, the Women King. Yeah. And she wasn't. And also, you know, I just saw, I just saw a news alert that came up right before we started recording about her. Did you see this? Mm -mm. Uh, she got a Grammy win, and she's now an EGOT. She has an Emmy a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. How about that? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I do want to say that there's also a brouhaha for best director. No women. No women. As it should be. <laughs> and, geez, my sexist response is, sorry, ladies, maybe you'll do better next year. Look, oh! Why does everyone have to I see know, this shit I all know, the time? I know, and already, they're already protesting. No women. And I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but last year and the year before, female directors won for the previous two years. Something like Something, that. But they were nominated like crazy. And this is the first time there were no women directed for uh, nominated for director. So there's Look, already a brouhaha. Here's what they should do. The Part of the problem is that they have kept everything secret for so long. This All the numbers, all the nominating process, yeah. everything. It's all secretive. They need to be more transparent. After the Oscars is over, they need to put out the results and say, here's how the voting went down so that people can understand you did this. You voted, not us. We're not picking this. We're taking the nominations from the guilds. So we're saying, hey, directors, yeah. who did the best job? And yeah. the directors say, here's who did the best job. Yeah. And they go, cool, that shall be our nomination. And this is based on the Directors Guild of America who rec recommends these people. That's it. I appreciate what you're saying. Too bad we have to do that to soothe the beast. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I wish they should do it anyway just for research purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, people will probably learn to game the system better, but I, I wish they would do that anyway. Just more transparency. One more snub. The last one. Danielle, what's her name? Deadwater for Till? Uh, uh, she, people feel she should have been nominated. So mm. women are upset that they weren't nominated for director. There you go. Mm. Um and it's coming up in a few weeks. It's another year. Good. Yeah. And that's my in the news. Hey, I week? came through. These were good, huh? That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
You know who would have been so, proud? What? John Hughes. Maybe he'll come back. <laughs> he oh, no, I'll John, no, of, no, of I'll John Houston. Not Houston. I fussed on Houston because no. we had him here once. John Hughes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Hughes. Wait. John it's not, Hughes. It's not time for In the News. No, I was We've just, already done that. I, I was just saying. Oh, was you're going back, backwards. Call back to earlier. Yeah. Who died this week? Some are old. Some, no, um... Got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people that had turned to dust. Lance Kerwin, 62-year-old American actor, he did TV like James at 15. He was young. The Loneliest Runner and also Salem's Lot. Hey, this one hurts. This one hurts. And you know what? Yeah. She almost got, she almost got our Silver Spotlight Award, mm. Cindy Williams. 75 years old. For some reason, she this one really rest. Yeah, some Pfeffer Incorporated. Do, 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 do. We know, of course, for Laverne and Shirley, but of also American Graffiti. The conversation. She was so natural in the conversation. Um, obviously, we associated her with Happy Days, and she we know her for Graffiti and the conversation. I, she died. You know, we, okay. I feel like, are the only ones who ever talk about the conversation. That movie is so good. Harrison Ford is in that movie. I know. I that know. movie's really, it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. I remember her scenes, too. It was shot in San Francisco at uh, Union Plaza with a long lens, and it was a very flat image because we, like, eavesdrop on yeah. conversations where Cindy Williams is talking with Harrison Ford, yeah. and they're like, it's so natural. Yeah. And we're actually in the mind of, of uh, Gene, Gene Hackman. Hackman. With his bugging devices, the and way it's the shot. twist in that movie. Is yes, so, there's like yeah. multiple twists. Yes, and his obsession, our obsession, ripping apart his apartment, pulling up the the flooring to try to find microphones, so and then we see him playing a musical instrument by himself after he destroyed his home. Why did Why did it look like you were sucking a dick just then? When you're playing your musical instrument? What? Why what? did it look like you were sucking dick? See, again, this is the third time in this podcast you've gone to the gutter. Oh, I went to the gutter many other times. You just didn't catch the references. <laughs> Pascal Wexler shot that movie. Okay. Uh, so anyway, Cindy is gone. Gregory Allen Howard, 70-year-old American screenwriter, film producer. He did He did Remember the Titans. Uh, oh, yeah, Ali, I remember them. And, and, <laughs> and Harriet, Harriet Tubman, mm -hmm. uh, Lisa Loring, TV, yes, I know, but we associate her with the Adams Family. She was Wednesday. She did movies, including Blood Frenzy, uh, George P. Wilbur, 81-year-old American actor, Halloween, Remote Control, and The Running Man. Kind of odd that uh, Lisa Loring dies right as Wednesday is blowing up Yes. On and they keep showing that clip of her in Lurch. Have you seen that image yeah. where they're dancing? dancing? You know that. Yeah. 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 64 years old. Yeah. All right. Corner's corner. You know what? Dick Van Dyke died, but I'm not giving it to him. Really? Yeah. We're giving it to somebody else. You know what? Here's another one that really hurts. This is going to hurt you too, my friend. Oh. Uh, Belinda Dillon. And uh. it's odd because she was not, I go through Wikipedia and she was not listed because you know what? She died four weeks ago, four really? weeks ago. And it was not reported. Robert, I guess normally the manager or the agent reports it to the media. And for some reason it was reported. She died one month ago and there was um, the Neptune society in Long Beach contacted the media uh, and oh, they didn't, they didn't just leave her body there for a month <laughs> and someone came along and found that her cats had eaten her. That's your big fear about cats, isn't it? Yeah, they, kill, they, eat, they eat people right away. So a dog will wait, but the cat goes right after you immediately. <laughs> yeah, remind that next time you're stroking your cat. 
Oh, I'd struggle. That sounded sexual, didn't it? All right. But Melinda Dill, an American actress, she also was nominated for a Tony Award, but for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and so on. Of course, we associate her with Close Encounters, The Third Kind. She was terrific. Absence of Malice, A Christmas Story, playing the wife. She was also in Bound for Glory, Fist, that was a good movie, Harry and the Hendersons, Prince of Tides, Magnolia. I didn't realize she was in Magnolia. Which one? I like Fist. I saw that. But she was so wonderful as the, the mother in a Christmas story. Yeah. And, um, and she, I watch it every she Christmas. I, I see her. And you love that. View. I know. I know. I love that movie, but I know you saw it recently too. Yeah. So she's gone. Birthday celebrations for the week. We had Neil Diamond turned 82. Wow. Catherine Ross, Elaine. See, that's my mm-hmm. reference to the ground. Okay. 83. And Gene Hackman. Not dead. Not dead. No. Wow. He's still alive. Uh, 93 years old. We 93. Wish them, I know. We wish them a happy birthday. All right. Woo! You want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right. Our top five this week is... Kids POV. Kids POV. Po- yeah. Yeah. POV. Now, I, I... Okay. Well, I did a lot of juggling, my friend. All right. I did too. Did you really? Yeah. You want to kick it off with your number five? Oh, well, first of all, yeah. are all yours narrative films? I don't have any documentaries. Do you? Well, I've already tipped my hat. I think Apollo it? 10 and a half. It's in is there. Kind it has of, to be. Kind of How can a, it not be? But is it a narrative film? I almost oh. would say it's like, I was going to say this earlier. It's almost not it, narrative. But it is. It, but can you appreciate that there's a of part of it that's almost documentary? Of course I can. And I think that's why I liked it so much, too. I yeah, love documentaries. Yeah, yeah. And this is a narrative film yeah. that is essentially a documentary. Uh, yeah. Whew. Okay, that's in there. All right. My number five. Are we going to overlap? Uh, yeah. Well, I think we're going to overlap on Apollo 10 and a half. I think you're going to end up. No, it's not in my it's, list. I think you're going to edit your list. Once you find out that Apollo 10 and a half is in my list, you're going to get jealous. And you're going to adjust your list. Are you suggesting I don't have a mind of my own? Ira, change your list right now. Yes, sir. Let me get my pen. <laughs> All right, kick it off. <laughs> All right, my number five. I've actually mentioned this movie many times, but I don't feel like I could do a top five list about a kid's POV without mentioning 1991's Motorama. We had the director in here <laughs> in right. studio talking about this crazy-ass movie about you're a right, kid who right. steals a car and drives around the country trying to spell out the word Motorama on uh, these little gas station sticker thing. It's a bizarre movie, very weird, totally told from the kid's perspective. And uh, I got to include it in my top five. Yeah. Yeah. Motorama, check it out. Good, And uh, Drew Barrymore is in that movie. Yes, she is. For a minute. Yeah. 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 But you would know it's for a minute because they really plaster her name on the front cover. I know. know. All over the poster and everything else. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's in it for like 15 seconds. All right, what do you got? What's a your somewhat number? obscure film, and I'm kind of proud of this, <clears> and it is the kid's point of view, and I mentioned it a few years ago, called The Boy with Green Hair. I think you did mention I this, I did yeah. mention it once, 1948. Dean Stockwell, who died recently, yeah. was the kid in this movie, and the whole movie was an... I al- he was a child actor. Yes, yes. And it was an allegory uh, about a war orphan, and it was very much a metaphor... I watched it with my mom and it was in color and the kid had green hair. And I said, why does, <laughs> what's going on here? And I remember mom, well, it's, it's symbolic, honey. 
it's it's symbolic, but it is being seen through the eyes of this kid as an anti-war statement. It's different. It's unique. And I'm putting it down for number five. Well, what did the green hair represent? That you don't he, know. <laughs> he was. I don't know. The movie was stupid. As far, that he was. He was teased and taunted and bullied by kids because he was a war orphan. And then at the end, people get it because an old man talks to him about how special he is because he's parents and he survived the war and even though his parents died. I don't know. Go see it. Leave me alone. That's my number five. When's the last time you saw that movie? Uh, when I was like 11 years old. Well, maybe we, sh- maybe we should do that movie. interesting to see. Yeah. You want to do that next week? Yeah. You want to bring out the boy with green hair? Wow. Let's do it. Yeah. There was another movie, too. I remember what it was that we talked about. The movie Seconds, John Frankenheimer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember? And that was also one I pitched oh, to you. So we yeah. want to put that down as our list also. Seconds, the boy we with green hair. We should actually write some of these down. I know. And we won't. And we'll forget. And you'll send me a text in four days. But this time, I'll remember. Watch. Well, what do you want to do? Me. Do you want to do Seconds or the boy with green hair? I don't know. Either one. Seconds. Seconds. All right. That, well, it's seconds next week. Yeah, next next episode. Next, next episode. Okay. okay. All right. What do you got? Um, all right. My number four is a movie I might have mentioned once or twice before, but I have a soft spot for it. It's not a particularly good movie, but I, I really love it. Um, there's some stuff in it that's really, that is really funny. Uh, movie is called Josh and Sam. And it, this is a movie from 1993. It was this movie that kind of came and went real fast. And it was so fast, it, it was only shown in a few theaters. I had to, I was waiting for it. And it wasn't, you know, I grew up in Knoxville. It, I scoured the newspapers waiting for it to come. It never came to Knoxville. Wow. They showed previews wow. for it. But if it did play, it only played for a minute. And I think they delayed the release or something. But I finally found it afterward and was able to see it. So the movie is about this these two brothers and one is a little more um, gullible and the other is like really angry at life and just, you know, like frustrated and he wants to run away from home. So he convinces his gullible brother to go with him and they go with him and he goes with him, but he tells him that he's a robot and that his parents have built him and he's not a real robot or he's not a real boy. He's a robot and his brother doesn't believe him. And the, pivotal point is he says uh yeah I'll, I'll prove it to you you have a like electric current going through your body and he says here take this tin foil and put it between your teeth and you know if you have a cavity in your teeth and you bite down on tin foil it will like give you a weird yes. sen- like shocking sensation and so he does that and he kind of gets shocked and he starts to believe that he's a real robot and so he believes that he can't die and so he's kind of created this monster of this Whoa. kid who believes that he's a robot and Really, they're just running away from home. And I loved it. That was a really cool... Wow, what a premise. <laughs> I'm really... Look at my body language. I'm yeah. like leaning in and listening yeah. to you. I mean, it's... it's. So I have... Go ahead. I'm interrupting you. I know how to make this movie really anti-wave. How? Oh, yeah. You know where I'm going. So the kid shows his forearm and he peels back his flesh <laughs> and there's lights uh, and bulbs and wires and electrodes yeah. that he really is a robot. Whoa. <laughs> and the kid who was lying to him was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. So I like that movie. It was a kid's movie back from 93. And I don't know. I just. There's something about that that always kind of stuck with me, and I enjoyed it a lot. Wow. What do you got? My number four is arguable. I like my three, two, one a lot. Okay. But even my own number four, you're going to go, 
and I'm going to squeeze it in and let's see how you feel. Are you ready? Yeah. Life is beautiful. Now, in the Ooh. reality of the kid, the hmm. whole thing with the game and the tank no, at I'll the end. Yeah. Will you really? Yeah, Because sure. we're not really, it's still no, Roberto. It's, we see the, it even at times from the from kid's From the boy's POV. point of view. Yeah. So you're cool with that. I'm not just cool with that. I think it's that's really a good, good choice. It's yeah. really good. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I think I might even say I'm jealous. That's wow. a really good one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's remember, a really good wish. Hey, that. remember when he won the Oscar? We talked about that. That's such a How good moment. How yeah. sincere he was where he stands on the chairs and mm -hmm. he's like, and it was sincere. Yeah. It was honest. And that's back when winning an Oscar meant something. We, yeah. Yeah. That's my number four. What do you got? My number four. We disagree on this movie. I, I, let me rephrase that. I don't think you dislike this movie, but you like the other version a lot better. 1990, Lord of the Flies. I mean, I, is that on your list? I had it as my number three. Yeah. And I moved it over. And as you know, I like the original. You like the remake. Yeah. And of course, it's a scoop. Of course, it's told through the kid's point of view. Absolutely. It's what it is. Right. The whole thing is the kid's point of yeah. view. Yeah. So I, I really liked it. Have you ever seen the remake? Yeah, I did. And there were references to Star Wars and lightsabers. And yeah. It got yeah. very pop culture-ish for me. But there were some references to pop culture. Yeah. 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 But you know, Go ahead. I mean, I want to say one thing about the movie that it is quite pessimistic, and you're an optimistic guy, feeling that again, when necessary, when push comes to shove, we'd all bond together. But this movie suggests civilization is a fine. We can easily go into savage-like ways and abandon all laws. And uh, <clears throat> oh, I don't think it's. But I I it disagree with the that. premise that it would actually happen. Yes. Yes, but it's an allegory. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. The, and and I love what I really love about it is that there is resistance. Ralph never you're gives right. in. You're He's right. principled, and you're he right. says, "I will not right. Right. do what you're doing." Right. It is wrong. Right. And okay. That's what really appeals yeah. to me. You know, I would like to see. Let's put that down too. The remake. I'd be open yeah. to seeing that one also. Now we have three movies All right. for future podcasts, and maybe maybe what we should do is do another flip flop. That would be the one. Where I watch the old one and you watch the new one. That's what we did with, um, what do you call it? Body. Uh, bo invasion, invasion of the Body, of the body Snatchers. Yeah. Oh, I like this idea mm -hmm. a lot. I hope we remember. Yeah, I think we'll remember. We will. One. Maybe we'll do that the week after. Yeah. Or maybe we'll do that instead of seconds. Who knows? Yeah. I guess next we can we'll do anything we want. It's our show. Ah! All right. So that's my number three. That's Lord really of the good. What do you got? Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Moving on to my number. What number am I on? Three. Oh, yeah. My number three. Stand by me. Okay. Yeah. I can. Stand by me was one of my scoops, and I really wanted to put it in there, and I was kind of disappointed yeah. I couldn't get it in. Yeah. For we already spoke about that movie for all the. I always forget Rob Reiner directed that movie. No, you don't. You always bring it up. I know. I always say that, and then I forget again, then I bring it up again. Uh, my number two is a movie that I mentioned not too long ago, but again, I, I can't not put this on my list. It's so good. 1993, The Sandlot. I never saw it. You would really like it. You would really, really like it. It's not, I mean, it's about baseball, but it's not about baseball. Yeah. I think you would yeah. really, really dig this movie. It's fun. It's funny. The kids are great. It's a, it's a really good list. movie. Yeah, I'll, I, it's one of those movies that yeah. I'll watch anytime. Yeah. What do you got? What's your number two? I actually 
mention it to you when we came up with this idea. And you went, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, I think, this is my number two. There might be others that I, oh, I already know. Bugsy Malone. Bugsy and yeah. you saw where I was going. No, I absolutely think it's a, yeah, I've not kids, seen obviously. it. Remember, I've never seen it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with Jodie Foster and the other kids yeah. too. And there, it's all, Alan Parker, he was wasn't a great director. the guy who played Charles in Charge, wasn't he? Yes, Scott in, Baio. Yeah, Scott Baio. Scott Baio. And it's really a good movie. It's a musical. Paul Williams wrote the music. And it's it's kids. It's obviously their point of view as being gangsters. I think it's a fantastic and, example. Thank you. Yeah. And machine guns, instead of fire bullets, they fire out pies, cream pies. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. Great music. That's my number two. My number one. Yeah. You already knew it was going to be here. You did as your number one? Yeah. We've often done as our number five. or four. You actually made this your one. Occasionally it happens yeah. as number one. Yeah. And this is one of those times, man. This is a beautiful film. I will watch this movie again. Yes. This is a great movie, Apollo 10 and a half. I... I guess I, I should say Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood. Yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. My number one. Yeah. E.T. I can see that. The whole I, thing is the kid's perspective. Yeah. It literally is a point of view. In fact, there was that famous shot where we're looking through the mask and we see on Halloween night where the kids are out trick-or-treating yeah. and we're inside the kids as if we were the child looking out at what he sees. His definite point of view of Elliot and the year of E.T. being 1982. Five? Two. Two? 1982. Wow. Yeah. I was, gonna say, I was thinking it was three, but then I was like, well, then it seems like later. Yeah. Um, That's good. What... Did, uh, did, am I remembering like correctly that almost all the shots are at eye level of the kids that's interesting i think it if is it's true that would also support if i remember that point correctly. of view yeah. yeah i'm glad you liked my um uh, life is beautiful i'm oh, glad you liked yeah. that because i thought well the bulk of the movie is not but it it is yeah 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 um, okay i have some scoops yeah i'm sure you have some scoops producer joey go- gave us some scoops oh she actually sent some to you so uh, why don't you go first and I'll, I'll mention a few actually I don't have that many of the way of scoop other than Lord of the Flies yeah um, actually that's it okay well, I'll give you some oh, the, breakfast, the Breakfast Club really are they nice. kids yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say so yeah yeah they're, they're still they're teenagers they're right. still kids right yeah. right so I had that down also and for <laughs> um, some reason I it doesn't make sense I wanted to include Milk Buddy just because I want to include Milk Buddy even though it's not yeah it's not even close but it's got a little bit of Kind of, in of there. a little yeah. bit. I need to see that movie again. One of the best birthday presents you ever gave me. See, this is what I like when we're giving movies that are like, you're going to enjoy. I should give you The Sandlot is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, here's a movie that you haven't seen that you're going to enjoy. Oh, then wait wait till my birthday. Maybe that's what I'll do. That's the answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. What, do you, what do you have for scoops? Um, okay. So Home Alone. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, the Goonies. Yeah. That's definitely from yeah. their perspective. Um, are Labyrinth. These yours or Joey? Is no, these are mine. Okay, these go, are ahead. Mine. go ahead. Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely her perspective. Yeah. Now, she's also a teenager, she's a little older, but it's like all this dream. We don't even know if it's real. That's yeah. v- very much her perspective. Um, Time Bandits. I love that movie. Yeah. Did we ever talk? I don't think we ever We don't talk about that movie. It's come up once or twice. And I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But to be honest, I always get confused with Bear Mountchausen's. uh, Those two movies always get confused. And I can kind of see why. But Time Bandits is the one where they're like, the kid is sick and they're going around from like 
this, this part of the room and that part of the room and that part of the room, right? I just remember horses going into his bedroom. It was an incredible shot. Yeah. Just leaping into his bed. I think I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I need to go back and watch those movies. But I would that's like why that. I put it as a I scoop. Like and I'm it. like, I feel uncomfortable putting this in my top five. You know, direct, uh, produce, uh, George Harrison. Isn't that right? Oh, really? Yeah, his name is listed. Huh. Isn't that weird? No, that, that is weird. Yeah, that, okay. Um, Radio Flyer. Did you ever see oh. that movie? Oh. That movie was is... Tom Hanks does the narration. Uh, I think so. Yes, Tom yeah. Hanks does the narration. It's really good. Yeah, it is. That movie, nice. no one talks about no, that No, that's really good because that's not in our, what's the, in our zeitgeist? zeitgeist? It's not. Yeah. It's not. What a sweet movie with heart. All right, now I'm going to rattle off some producer Joey's. Yeah. Uh, Man on the Moon. Well, wait, the, the Andy Kaufman? No, 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 no. Wait. This is the... the um, oh, not not paper moon. The man, no. on, the, man on the moon was the uh, uh, the uh, what's her face? Renee, not Renee Zellweger. Oh, I remember that movie. Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Yeah. Sandlot, Goonies. But what was the what was the what was the Andy Kaufman biopic? That was Man on the Moon. Okay. That was Man Man in the Moon, Man on the Moon, something okay. like. That. All, right, all right, all right, go ahead. Sandlot, Goonies, Stand by Me, Wizard of Oz. Here's oh, a great that, wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. That's, that's good. Yeah. Wait, I want to just digest the, that. Digest was the that's, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a great one. Look who's talking. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely with all, a kid's uh, with, point of view. With Herschel, your children, the fact that the, and that's so. Hey, producer Joey, kudos. Yeah. That's um, really good. A couple others. That's really good. Baby Talk genius, about- baby's day out. <laughs> She, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah. And her last one, which I think you're really going to dig, Carrie. I can kind of see that. Where the, you know, the mom is kind of an exaggerated, like abusive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still back on her Wizard of Oz and Look Who's Talking. Yeah, I think those are good. Those are real. Yeah, yeah. Woo! All right, well, I nice. have a feeling everyone's going to come up with about 70 more kids' POVs. I th- no, I think we named all of them. There are none left. <laughs> we challenge our listeners. To come well, up if they it. do have some. Yeah, what should they do? They should reach out to us. Oh. Probably through our email. Wh- where? where? Robert at antiwaypodcast.com. Oh, or and slash or Robert, uh, Ira. <laughs> I, Robert at Ira. Just send it to Robert. No! At antiwaypodcast.com. Or you can send it to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the number of pop cultural references in a Linkletter movie, that's, that's we good. are that's, all you know over the now, place. That's good. Thank you. That's good. You nailed that one. You can find us on Google Podcast Music, on iHeartRadio, on iTunes. Go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving, Ira. Mm-hmm. Next week. What are we doing? I'm hearing the clock ticking. Seconds. Whoa. I got seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll I watch like seconds John Frankenheimer. I've always been. It's a science fiction movie. Yeah, yeah. You've never seen it. Right? I've never seen it. I've been curious about it. Let's watch it. That'll be fun. Good. Hey, we we'll should watch next seconds. Time. Seconds. Yeah. You wanna? Yeah. I mean, not firsts. No, I was but... gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's a sequel? Seconds. Thirds. Two. <laughs> Thirds. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Joey, good job. I liked her top five. Hey man, what do you want to do this week? What do you... I'm supposed to ask, what, what, what do you want to do? Let's do something. No. Want to go bowling? No. Mitchell Golf. Yes. Really? No. Oh. So until next week, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out.
By the way, he really liked the Tijuana Brass.